transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. And it sure is nice to be out in the great Mojave wilderness when it happens. Why, just the other night I was standing out on Route 66, running through Mojave Trails National Monument and Roy's and Amboy. You know the place, the big old neon sign that says Roy's. That's how you know. And the antique but functioning gas station and the spooky old motel and the whole beautiful scene. I had spent the day up in the preserve, a rare day out in that eastern Mojave wilderness, because work has kept me in the western Mojave. Work and the Rona. The eastern Mojave is so very different than the Joshua Tree side of that same desert in so many ways. Just the scale of the place out in the preserve. The dune sea rising up to the west, surrounded by mountain ranges, the New York mountains, the Providence mountains. All seemingly close enough to touch in that clear sky, that clear air. But it's all days of walking away from you. I've never seen anything like it in my life except right there, and it's my favorite place in the world. Of course, the big fire did a lot of long-term damage up on SEMA Dome, but friends, I am here to report that most of that immense, protected, dense forest of Joshua trees is just as you left them, right where you left them last time you were there. A lot of them, anyway. I... Won't try to pull your leg about it. The burn area is big. They say a million Joshua trees burned, and how do you even process that number? How do you even get to that number? Well, there's a guy who counts them. Lockdown Willie, they call him. On a quiet night, you can almost hear him out there counting. 107. 108, 180, 108. And then he gets confused and you'll hear him cursing all the gods and devils because it was 108 or it was 180 and and now he's got to start all over again. (laughs) 
But when you're out there processing the enormity of the scorched landscape, the blackened trunks, the ashen ground, the eerie dead white centers of the Joshua trees, beneath and within the charred black husk, you also become aware of the many survivors even in the burn area. A pencil choya will be standing green and proud with devastation all around it. One side of a Mojave yucca will be dead and colorless, the other side vibrant. Not even the curling white hairs on the yucca stalks singed by the inferno. There are Joshua trees that seem completely fine, surrounded by total carnage. And some of the charred trunks will still have green-topped limbs. And as I say too much, but I want to really lodge it in your head, if you leave the burn plants alone... If you just leave them be, at least some of them will cling to life and slowly put up some new stalks, green shoots, as they say on Wall Street. Because the root crown is under the seemingly dead trunk. Don't move them. Don't clean up. Even if they're dead forever, the dry desert soil needs that organic matter. The bugs and the birds, the scorpions and the centipedes, they need the shelter. They need those charred logs and twisted branches. You see it up there in Pioneer Town, especially Beverly Hills of the Desert, where all the dum-dums scraped away the alleged waste from the big fires of a dozen odd years ago. Those places are weed pits now, nothing but ugly yellow weeds in the winter. And big piles of Joshua Tree skeletons still piled up here and there, dead, dead, dead. But if you look up in the Pioneer Town Preserve, you'll find yuccas and Joshua trees and cactus growing up from the old roasted limbs and trunks that were left alone, left on the ground. in the preserve the field biologists will be out in force not that you'll see them in the great grand expanse of Mojave National Preserve planting seeds, planting seedlings Helping the native flora recover so the invasive weeds don't take over. We got work to do long years ahead. 
But it's good, honest work. We've got to stabilize the climate here on Earth. Home sweet home. We got to protect all the wilderness that remains and reclaim a lot that has been somewhat lost. A couple of decades ago, if you said we need to keep 50% of the Earth's surface as public conservation lands, why, Ronald Reagan would send the death squads after you. Like he did in Central America or Compton. But now it's mainstream. Thanks, St. Minerva, for that. California's committed to 30%. And 63% of people tell the pollsters they're in favor of such policies nationwide, worldwide. That's a start. Imagine living in a world where half the land was protected, natural, full of native plants and animals, all there for you to wander and explore and get lost in. Clean, wild rivers for fishing. Well, it's on the way. Help out if you can. So it was good to get out of town, get away from the hustle and the bustle of Joshua Tree. You know, we had a naked guy scratching at people's sliding glass doors up in Landers the other night. And he was just going house to house. Like the UPS driver, but no presence. No uniform. No truck. No clothes at all. Just a lunatic. Watch out for that guy. I predict a big future. Maybe he'll be our next congressman. Oh, and then we had the senior vigilantes nearly killed some tourists up in Pioneer Town, tried to run them down with their golf cart because they saw somebody smiling. Well, that's more hassle and more excitement than anybody needs. So besides being out in the beautiful eastern Mojave, I spent some time in Amboy. Population four. And the kind people at Roy's spent some time just walking around with me, just talking about the mysteries and the histories of the place. Histories, mysteries. Out in the beautiful winter sunshine on the Mother Road.
It has been another busy week of book promotion, despite the brief escape to the Eastern Mojave. And I thank you for your patience as we have to do promotional things. Thanks for ordering the book and picking it up from your local bookseller. I know it's out of stock and sold out here and there. And, of course, a lot of places are closed up in the high desert because of the you-know-what. But if you need a copy for Christmas, for solstice, for you or your desert rat loved ones, the big A's still got the stuff, and they do deliver quickly. Try your local first, of course. Even your local Barnes and Noble is paying wages to some people in your community. So I'm thankful for locally owned bookshops. I'm talking about booksellers like Space Cowboy and Joshua Tree, Point Ray's Books, Skylight Books in LA. McNally Jackson in New York City, Windmill City Super Number One in Palm Springs. May Saint Minerva bless them all. May she bless you and keep you, keep you in business especially. A lot of us have gone through some real hard times this year, but you know there's more to the human experience than sitting on your back end binge-watching some entertainment product made by a focus group at a phone company. The only thing normal about life is that it's brief and uncertain and it's the only chance we get until the next time around when you might come back as a centipede or something. Something pure. If it sounds like we're wrapping things up for the year, saying goodbye, well, that's not the case. In fact, we've got a real good Christmas program coming for you next week. You know how I love to do the annual Christmas program. And I hope you have a fire going and the cast iron stove and weird rodents coming down the chimney with care. And don't forget the great conjunction on winter solstice coming right up Monday, December the 21st. They're almost touching. Jupiter and Saturn in the southwest sky for the first time in 800 years. I sure do hope It's a portent of good news for a change. Wouldn't that be something? Last time it came around, it announced the Black Death. 
Maybe this time we'll get some life. Maybe this time we'll get some of that age of Aquarius. Let's give thanks to Red, Blue, Black, Silver for leaving our stockings full of these soundscapes that you hear on Desert Oracle Radio. Hundreds of thousands of foreign-born people learn the language and customs of their adopted country. In hundreds of cities, the WORKS program safeguards the health of many thousands of normal children of preschool age. In nursery schools, the children of needy and working mothers are provided with the best of care and medical supervision. Many of its victims are prevented by poverty, isolation, or infirmity from receiving medical attention. To these people come visiting nurses to examine suspected cases, and provision has been made for transportation to free clinics. With this assistance, medical science has found it possible to control a disease which is a menace to young and old alike, in many cases affecting every member of a large family. Part-time employment is provided in many kitchens where clean, wholesome school lunches are prepared for undernourished children of needy families. Many American museums have long been in need of highly skilled experts to restore valuable historical materials. Fossils and animal skeletons are being prepared and mounted for study. One of the outstanding cultural achievements of the works program is the Federal Theater. For many years, vast sections of our country have not seen a flesh and blood theatrical performance. To these areas, the WPA has brought a new type of entertainment and at the same time enriched the art of the theater in metropolitan centers. 
Federal theater presentations are of many types. Puppet shows such as this for the children, open-air variety shows playing in parks, musical comedies, and others. Here are excerpts from three of the most popular federal theater presentations. The federal theater production of Sinclair Lewis drama, It Can't Happen Here. Oh, we're having a book burner on the green tomorrow night. A what? Gonna burn up all this subver subversive literature. A lot of smutty stuff that's corrupt in public morals. Have you got any objections? Well, you won't find any subversive books here. Oh. Now, how about this fella? Now, this fella, Charles Dickens, wasn't he a communist? And Macbeth. Hang on, Macduff. That damn be he who first tries holding up. Inevitably comes disaster, as it has through all the ages of history. So today, flood, fire, and famine relentlessly persecute the human race. In this land of ours, so bountifully supplied by nature with fertile lands and rich forests, disaster has taken a terrible toll. But in the moment of greatest need, the shocked troops of disaster go into action with a courage and perseverance which armed our forefathers against despair. The shock troops of disaster, the great army of WPA workers, diverted from their work of construction and improvement to meet a pressing emergency, have proven their merit through many tragic hours which have harried up far-flung areas of the nation. Working hand-in-hand hand with other agencies of relief, the men and women of the WPA take up the work of rescue, evacuation, and relief. Food is distributed to victims from outdoor kitchens and carloads of warm clothes and bedding are rushed to shivering refugees from WPA sewing rooms in many states. In emergency hospitals, thousands of lives are saved by Red Cross and volunteer nurses and doctors assisted by trained WPA workers. For hundreds of miles along the flood area, the WPA supplies the shock troops that hold the river within man-made walls. Levy workers transport material by hand, by truck, by boat. Working day and night, they fill countless thousands of sandbags, raising the levees above the record crest. Often working under the skilled direction of army engineers, relief workers fight the flood at every point. People will not soon forget the courage of these heroic workers, for Administrator Harry Hopkins heard their praise along the full route of his inspection trip as head of the President's Committee. In the drought which has afflicted thousands of square miles of our western plains, ruin and famine come in the wake of the hot, dry winds which tear the rich soil from the grass roots. Here again, the shock troops of disaster marshal their forces against devastation. Dust, once the valuable topsoil of the farm country, is now carried in whirling clouds, choking and blinding people and livestock, rolling on higher, wider, and blacker until the land itself, upon which everything else depends, the land it took nature 100 years to the inch to build up, is blowing away. There is great immediate danger from inflammation of eyes, throats, and lungs tortured by dust. Expert clinical care for children and adults is provided to minimize the danger to life and health. Thus, the works program answers the need of both the individual and the community. With drought 
out comes the added peril of fire, an ever-present danger to lives and property in forest-covered regions. It requires only the spark of a cigarette or a flash of lightning to bring about devastation and ruin. Parks, playgrounds, and other recreation areas play an increasingly important part in the lives of our people. The construction, improvement, and maintenance of thousands of such centers under the works program provides millions of people with healthful, pleasant surroundings for relaxation and play. In regions of congested population, the WPA has cooperated with national and state park agencies in the improvement of recreational areas easily accessible to countless thousands of men, women, and children forced to play in the streets during the oppressive heat of summers with well-equipped bathhouses. A new idea in bringing happiness to underprivileged children and the youngsters are allowed to borrow one at a time. And it is our responsibility to assist them in becoming underprivileged children and the valor of the nation's pioneers the background for Abraham Lincoln's early life. Under this program, work pays America. And across the great Mojave wilderness, this is Desert Oracle Radio, broadcasting from our home base in Joshua Tree on KCDZ 107.7 FM, Friday nights from 10 to 11 p.m. That's because the good people at Z1077 run a bonus episode at 10.30 p.m. And that means a full hour of nighttime audio enjoyment. You can also hear us on Valley 104.9 in the Snoqualmie Valley, Washington State. Don't forget to stop at Tweeds in North Bend for a slice of cherry pie. And in the Central Valley, out of Fresno, you can hear Desert Oracle Radio on KFCF 88.1 FM, Pacifica Radio for the Central Valley. Tuesday and, I believe, Thursday afternoons at 2.30 and 3 p.m. And don't forget Lookout FM in Hollywood and Burbank. I don't know what time we're on there. Middle of the night. Whenever you need us. And wherever you need us, we're on your podcast player. Just just tell your device to play Desert Oracle Radio. As we're coming up on the end of the year, I want to thank Megan Moat for doing champion work at the distribution center, which happens to be her living room during this long pandemic nightmare. When you sign up for a subscription at DesertOracle.com and you use the wrong address and the wrong name because it's 3 a.m. and the edibles just hit hard, well, Meg's the one who walks you towards the light. So have patience. We're not exactly Publishers Clearinghouse out here, but we sure do appreciate your support on Patreon. By subscribing, by buying the book. Thanks for letting us keep doing this. We'll talk to you next week. Do not forget to go out and see the Great Conjunction on Winter Solstice. 
And good night from the voice of the desert. <laughs>